Thanks. That's it. Did I spit on you? Okay, because it had all the spit from everybody singing in it, and it sucked into my mouth. Look out! The lever! Get away from that lever! You'll blow us all to atoms! Let's do it. All right. Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's great having you all here. I love when I have guests here in my home, and especially when I have people that I know, return guests. Uh, We didn't plan it this way, but his band member, uh, the episode before this one was his band member, Keith Michaud, and now I'd like to welcome to the show... Uh, you know him from the Lightworkers, you know him from Dashboard Confessional, you know him from the Enablers, you know him from 5,000 other bands. <laughs> uh, been on been on the show a couple times, great guy, Mr. Dan Bonebreak. Welcome back to the show, Dan. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, so I totally didn't, it just, I don't even know how it worked out, how Keith uh, was uh, last week. I did him and I had you, but I swear I booked you guys at different times and somehow... Because I do, I have this like giant spreadsheet and, so, and I have to move people around a lot, so it just worked out. Yeah, I know. I love it. When you when you sent that email about upcoming uh, shows, and I saw Keith was listed right above me, and I was like, ooh, a double white white is hit. It's a left, <laughs> That's it's right. a one-two punch. I like it. Yeah. So the Lightworkers obviously talked a little with Keith, and, and it's exciting, kind of exciting, although to be fair, he didn't seem that excited. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, you know, Keith's used to just uh, recording something and releasing it on Bandcamp, but we thought we had an opportunity here, so it took a long time, and right, believe right. me, we're all, we're all bummed about how long uh, it's been taking to release the record, but... The signatures are there. The business part of it, uh, the onboarding is, yeah, yeah. is happening. So he'll cheer up eventually. <laughs> he will. Eventually. Right. Well, awesome. So I'll play some, uh, obviously, in that episode. In this episode, we'll get to sample some of uh, some of it. And it's great. From what I've heard already, it's awesome. So uh, that's exciting. But we're not here to talk about that. No, we're what not. Are, and we're here to talk once again, Dan. You know... This isn't the show isn't Stump Rob, but but lately I feel like a lot of people just bring me. Oh, I never heard that before. I don't know that band. I don't know it, and it's like Stump, uh, Stump Rob. And then I I listen to this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, how do I not know this? And how do I not know this band? All right, so who first? Let's get out of the way. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Shirk Circus and their first uh, full length record, Words to Say. There you go. All right, so Dan tells me that. Okay, never heard of them. Let's do them. As soon as I listen to them. I know, oh, okay, of course Dan loves this band because this is, not that you don't have different musical interests and stuff, but this band is right in your wheelhouse. Listen, I, if if I could be in a band, out of all the bands that I love and the bands that we've talked about on this uh, on the show and different episodes and stuff like that, I would probably pick to be like Shirk Circus. You yeah, know, I would, because I, it's parts of everything I love you love. I, I wrote down Descendants, All, Lemonheads, Husker Du, Teenage Fan Club. Yep. You could name all these bands, but it's sort of like a, a combination of these things mixed in 
and it's just and it's and it's just like at the end of the day it's basically these super catchy pop songs but played like really tightly played without a lot of like extra fluff with like no especially this album with no extra fluff right. at all yeah it's just three guys playing and, and and it's funny we talked me and Keith on the last episode Sebado how we liked the one of the things we liked about it is that you could hear it's a band playing in a room but this is that like even taken again to the next level. I mean, to some, it, it's almost jarring. Like when I first saw listening to it, it's almost jarring how there's no effect put on anything. It's just so you hear a guitar, the guitar playing and the, you know, and the drummer and you hear exactly what they're playing. And these guys are so good to pull it off because there's a lot going on a lot of intricate stuff going on in these really great uh, pop songs they're, they're not a simple pop, pop song no they have a lot of twists and turns right yeah there's um you know unorthodox arrangements yeah, yeah you know right. um through there so uh, i i came across this I, w- I was sitting in my room uh paging through an insomnia records catalog which was these like little paper catalogs that sold music uh band t-shirts like Doc Martens, you know, things like that. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, just one of those like mid 90s type, you know, um, paper catalogs. Right. And they had these little blurbs for each band. So, you know, they were really tiny ads uh, and they would have the band name and then they would have like three or four words to describe the band. And I was, and I would, and they were listed alphabetically. So I was just reading through what bands, what they consider bands to sound like. Right. And I came across this band, Shirk Circus, read the name, never heard of them before. And the description was, Descendants meets Big Star. Oh, right. right. And okay. uh, those two things, those three words got me. Yeah. <laughs> right then and there, and I bought it right away. Oh, okay. And uh, so, when is this? What year is this? 95. Okay. And uh, when I got it and put it on, <laughs> the first song blew me away. I was just like, oh, this is. This is what I love. Yeah, this is you just know, what like, you want to hear. Like, this is everything. <laughs> right. Like, this is matching Descendants all, uh, replacements, like you said, uh, Lemonheads, Who's Could Do, Teenage Fan Club, all those all those things. Elvis Costello, a little, you know, like, and it has that s- some 70s kind of sound to it where the big star comes through. Luscious Beach Boys melody, you know, uh, harmonies, you know, right, things. Right, right. And I was just like, I, I, I've been enamored with it ever since. And every time I play it for somebody, they go, who's that? Right. <laughs> and and they never, and they haven't heard of it. But yeah, they were, you know, like you said, uh, they do sound like a band. Uh, you know, this was recorded. It was recorded in two days. Um, okay, it was. Because I, because you, was. all right, so spoiler alert, Dan was talking just earlier today. Who were you speaking with? I was speaking with Frank, the drummer. Um, on my ride in to your house, uh, he was uh, he had some time, and we spoke about the record, and we spoke about the touring before the record, okay, and uh, um, and then recording it, and they they recorded all the instruments uh, in. Uh, in one day, actually, they're all one takes. Right, that, that's what I read. Yeah. There's one guitar overdub, he said, uh, on 
on one of the songs. I think I know. Yeah, one song you could sort of hear. And then, that there's, yeah, but that's then, it. And then the next day they did all the harmonies first. Oh, okay, okay. And then they recorded the vo- uh, then Josh recorded his vocals last. Oh, okay. So good. they weren't uh, sang at the same time. Okay, I was wondering that. Something yeah. if they did, then screw them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, if they, yeah. If they pulled off one takes like that and it was all them. the lush. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, doing it. Okay. Uh, I know they did. I know they did that stuff live, which is amazing. Oh yeah. But um, it was recorded in a stark basement. No. Th- no thrills. The guy just had a, a you know some good equipment. Not, yeah. Not two inch tape. He said, but he goes, I forget what size tape it was. Oh yeah, because it's uh, uh, ninety four. So yeah. it's nineteen ninety four. So Ray uh, Ketchum was the yep. producer who produced it. And yeah, basically it was capturing the band live. Uh, he was re- recruited to capture the band live in, in in his studio, which he did. And yeah, like you said, two days, most everything, one take. Which when you listen to these songs, you're like. How how tight did these guys have to be to get these songs down like this? And Frank was telling me, you know, they did. He he and Dan had booked um, like a six week tour, kind of right before they were doing. Uh, they went into the studio, right? So they were they were drilling these things, you know. Oh, right. So, yeah. so well, the, yeah. they had it, but um, I think they're. I think they're fabulous musicians. I think they got great ears. I think they really listen to each other. I right. think if you listen to songs, they they comp- their instrumentation, um, like what they're playing, complements the vocals, complements the space. Oh yeah, um, right, and, right. Um, and uh, so I think they're really listening, but at a breakneck speed. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of them, <laughs> for and, a lot of them, and they're yeah. swinging, and there's good, gro- there's great groove. But still at a breakneck speed. At breakneck speed, a breakneck speed, and yeah, and these little things thrown in, just these yeah. little parts that are just like, oh my god, what, uh, that was amazing what he just threw in that little, yeah. you know, what sounded like an offhand thing, but no, it's not. It's all very intricate in a way, but not like uh, precious at all, but no. just like really, yeah, yeah. yeah, just like a. All right, so Frank Lieberum yep. uh, was the drummer and uh, Dan Schaefer, the bass player. And Josh, Josh Silverman, Silverman, yeah, Josh Silverman, great. I mean, they all singing. They're all singing backup. He's he's singing the uh, lead and he's guitar, amazing guitar player. I saw sadly passed in uh, 2010. He did. Um, he, he did. I, I actually had a. Um, I got to meet Josh. Uh, I, maybe mid 2000s. I wanted to say 08, but um, it might be a little bit earlier than that. Whenever MySpace was still a, a thing. Um, I liked their page on MySpace. Oh, and, okay, nice. And I got a message back, and it read, "Why did you like our page?" <laughs> and and I was like, "Well, that's weird, you know." Yeah, so I was like, "Because weird. I love like I love the band and I love your records, you know, and stuff like that." And I mentioned that um, because after I got words to say, the the next record that came out is called March, which is brilliant too. Right, which is I a almost, great record. And it's I, almost the one that I chose for this, but I was like, now nah, I'm going with the first one. Well, no, but we should, uh, eventually, I, I yeah. do have some things to say about that, too, as it, as it pertains to this record. But uh, yeah, mm. yeah, it's just great. And it's kind of sad. That's it. They did that. And then uh, and then they, I saw they reformed a little, right? Mm-hmm. They did. But, yeah. But just definitely a band. Why, I, you know, uh, we, we talk about this all the time. Why do some bands, you know, just sort of fall away to the wayside and you think man why doesn't everyone know about this man but but that's just how it is you know yeah uh, i mean when when josh got in touch with me through myspace and i told him i I was like oh you know on the tuesday when march came out i went to best buy and bought it that day and he goes oh you're one of the four 
<laughs> and uh, um, you know, and then they ended up putting out a third record. Um, uh, this band will destroy your life. It's called. Oh yeah, right. I and that. um, and uh, you know, we I I met him. I was on tour. I was playing the Electric Factory in Philadelphia. He came down from uh, New York, and uh, we hung out. He was shy he was very introverted um but he's super sweet guy super talented there was a piano back there he just jumped on the piano and started playing and people were warming up and like hey you know they needed to warm up their voices and we were opening up for uh the get up kids and and dashboard and uh one of the guys would just warm it up their voice and like he started playing a he's like play me a billy joel song and he just started playing it from oh right from ear you know what i mean like he was that talented he was kind of a genius in that way but he was super sweet and he gave me a bunch of um he gave me the cdr like the first mix for their last record and some of his solo stuff and we were you know, we were in touch and hoping to do something together. And that just, you know, of course, because you have to play with everyone. Well, you know, I mean, if I can, like, I love playing for singer songwriters. Right, Are you kidding right. me? Like if you were, if you write good songs, man, I want to play on them, I know, you know? Right. So, yeah, it's true. But, uh, true. yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, we've, we fell out of touch and then, uh, unfortunately, you know, a couple of years, uh, he passed away uh, a few years later Yeah, and, um, uh, sadly, but, uh, but I love it. I love the band. And uh, oh my it, god, yeah, we everything. should dive in. There's Let's a lot of it. songs. They're quick. They're quick, yeah. short songs, but uh, just so good. And you'll get. It's one of these things. You 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 guys. You'll hear it. You hear the first thing, like I did, and you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Uh, all right. So the first song, and I, I guess we'll get into it. Do you know what's the point of the number? Some of the songs have the numbers before them. Yeah, I, I think they were just the song. They were just the song numbers, like of how Josh was probably categorizing before they were titled. Right. Okay. You know, and it was like, um, you know, a lot of them are uh, autobiographical. You know, like true stories. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You know, especially like the uh, kind of unrequited love type of oh yeah there's a lot of that going on right and this one's kind of interesting because it's called well number 14 what would you be if you weren't nothing which is real interesting title but it's not in the it's not in the song at all so yeah i think it's just a good title but all right let's get into this record So right away, yeah, like I said, I heard this and I go, oh, okay, well, of course, of course, Dan loves this man, but it's not all, and 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 the album's not all this, but this is a good, uh, it, it, it's a good opener because, yeah. It's a great lead-in. It's a great lead-in, and, you know, it's very, and, and he, like you could say, because he does, the, his vocal delivery style reminds me a lot of Lemonhead, Dando. Evan Dando, he's got that sort of low-key low, low key thing, 
So it's not, and it's like who's could do. You could say, oh, well, it's like a cross between the Descendants, who, who's could do, and Lemonheads, but not really because you're not. It, it's like all these bands. It, it's funny. We said this before because when uh, I did Sugar, I did the Sugar thing, and and the the woman that did the episode hadn't didn't never listen to who's could do, and and she said, and I knew that this would trigger Dan. She <laughs> said, well, melody. They didn't have a lot of melody, and it's like Dan's gonna go, what the. <laughs> so all these bands that you love, they do have melody, and, and 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 they do too. But it's just they come at it in a different way. He's never screaming, never shouting, right? Yeah. But it's just very, uh, it's just very. His vocal style is very smooth, and that put up against these, like like you said, these really fast runs and these and these just these little licks and these grooves that they come up with. It's just great. And and the um the the lush harmonies. The lush harmonies, you know, give that nice little uh, like background, you know, where his voice is his voice, like you say, is that baritone kind of almost yeah, delivery. Right. And I love those background like echoing kind of voices. And this song has an odd like an uh, like an unconventional structure, right? It's like the verses are really big. And then the chorus is kind of that palm muted choir. Oh yeah, tight. Well, actually, I noticed that a lot. They, they a lot yeah. of these songs have the the verses like the uh, king. Yeah. Like yeah. the verses the king, yeah, and, and they sort of and, lay back on the choruses. And uh, and I mean, obviously, I, I really like. Uh, I think a lot of the people that come on, um, and like a lot of the records that they pick, especially musicians, we like some of those unconventional things. Right? Oh yeah, right. You know, for sure, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's like it's great power pop with punk angst. Yeah, right. Yeah. But these, you know, uh, the guitar voices. Like the intricate, the, like they're they're listening to each other. These hits, yeah. the stops and stuff. Like right. you can tell, they really are into playing the song and complimenting each other. And uh, it's it's just a great one. And to me, this one is, I think, the, a bunch of these songs. Some of them are positive, and some of them are negative. You know, yeah. as far as it, lyrically, this one has that. It, to me, it's still positive, even though it has that kind of that longing that like taking a chance on the girl. Right. And right. it's not, you know, I'm trying to change your mind, like to go out with me or whatever. But it has that positive. It has a positive. It still has a positive take on it. Yes. Because some of the other ones don't. Well, this next one, uh, yeah. number 10 under Acme has kind of that sad uh, teenager thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Going a little. But let's listen to a little of number 10 under Acme. <laughs>
at you, so uh, a bittersweet standing in the rain. The night is over, but here I am again. Maybe it was you, maybe it was not. At some other time, it would have meant a lot, but today I'm over everything. So I he's just over line. everything. Yeah. yeah. Over it. Uh, I love the dissonance in the guitar lead. Um, oh, yeah. There's, yeah. And there's this kind of almost exasperation in these lyrics, like yeah, exasperated right. oh, over yeah. trying and just not getting that return, you know, right. on, on, on putting it out there. The only redeeming thing is when I catch your glance, salvation has a chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, like, there is a little, there's a kid in there, right? Like, oh, yeah. Where you're still longing for it. Even even after rejection, right? you're still like, oh, it, there's pain, you know, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. You know, I'm over it. But there's still, like, if you looked at me, it matters. You right, know? Like, right. You know, yes. there, there's something there. I was going to ask you, how old are these guys around this time? Do you know? Like, 94? You know, I didn't even ask. I, I meant to ask um, Frank about it, but I would say they're probably in their early 20s. You, uh, you would think. They're you young, know, yeah. but they're singing almost from a younger, like he's singing from yeah. a younger point of view on a lot of these Yeah, songs. And, and and I think he had a lot of kid-like qualities. Oh, uh, yeah. From, from, you could tell that just from this yeah. uh, album and everything. You could tell sensitive guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I think the introversion kind of comes through yeah, um, yeah. in that in that manner. The way he sings. And in in the sadness of maybe not being able to um, you know, get the girl, you know, and stuff like that. And being <laughs> yeah. you know, being upset or you know yeah. but but putting it into you know, putting putting it into these really wonderfully created songs. Now I've said this before on other episodes, but you know that Tom Waite uh, quote of um, "I love beautiful melodies te- telling terrible things." Oh right, yeah. And and, <laughs> and 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 I I again I gravitate to a lot of that stuff. Like the music doesn't really sound. This one has a little more sadness, but some of the others have this light, you know, really poppy right. feel. Right. But the, if you listen to the lyrics, they're they're dark. They they are dark, and it would be totally different if you if it was another singer sort of screaming over it right. or yelling over it. It would be a totally yeah. different vibe. It's kind of an understated delivery. It is, it's and very it lets the, it lets the whole song do the work rather than a um, a vocal that's you know really super dynamic. That's yeah. That that's good. That's actually a good point because that that is that it is letting the yeah letting the song do the work instead of something overpowering because nothing really overpowers. Although I was gonna ask you, I don't know, I I was gonna save it, but I could say it now. As a bass player, do you feel that the bass could be like l- louder or more upfront <laughs> in this one? Because at some points I'm thinking, wow, that bass player is he's good he's doing good stuff but you yeah. got to kind of sort of dig a little to hear it and i didn't know if it's what i'm listening to it on but the guitar you don't have to do that the guitar is yeah. right there so it's, i'm wondering did they do a little uh, jason newstead on the little, or <laughs> i don't i don't think it was on purpose no, I, 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 think I think it so. was uh it definitely is um you know guitar front center um I will tell you that when I reached out to um, the the surviving band members, uh, the bass player emailed me the they're re- they're re-releasing this and they're re-releasing words to say, and it's called uh, "Shirk Circus versus the People of Earth," and it's remixed and uh-huh. mastered, <laughs> and the bass is equal. Okay, and the drums are equal. That's what it needed. I and 
<laughs> and f- as a bass player, it's this beautiful, like you can hear all his counter melody. Yeah, like, because very Paul say, McCartney. Yeah, not to say that it's Carl, not rec- uh, right. recorded great, but the thing is, their their next album is recorded. Uh, it's more uh, produced. Yeah. There's oh, more yeah, overdubs. Yeah. But more they were production. at Arden Studios, where Big Star. Exactly. exactly you know, yeah, uh, yeah. and and um, uh, when I was talking to Frank on my way down here, uh, you know, he was like. I always thought we were a live band. And he goes, but if you would have asked Josh, he would have said yes and no. Right. And this record is a perfect capture of a live band. Oh, yeah. In the studio. Right. But March is a, the next record is a perfect capture of a, a band who can really write songs and really sing and play, stretching out a little bit more. And per, like you said, Producing, it's more produced, producing. but not in a bad, not in no. a negative. No, no, no. It's not overproduced. It's just, yeah, no, not it's at just, all. Yeah, it's just it's it's more polished. Yeah, and it is it's it's both faces of this band. If yep. you listen to both those records, and uh, I didn't I didn't mention, but the first two songs are great. I love how they just go and bleed right into oh, each yeah, other. Yeah. And then love that uh, this next one, Summer Sun. I guess it was released as a single and uh, with a video because this is yeah, ninety four, so there was yeah. a video and everything. But a uh, really great, really great catchy song. Let's listen to Summer Sun. Then I don't wanna hear that you're so happy in love. I don't wanna see you smiling in the summer sun. The dream lingers fading quickly. Yours has just begun. I don't wanna see you summer sun And I prefer to be left alone And not the person you once had known And the waves roll on all night and day And maybe the water could drown in the rain so he does that he does that thing like i'm thinking you do you know usually when you if you're writing a song and you use the da da does as yeah. a placeholder well i'm going to come up with lyrics <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you just don't do it exactly <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know it's it almost that. having that like uh that other instrument you know yeah without without the lyrics but this song's so bitter it's bitter. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. spiteful. Right. Um, I love the. Uh, this is probably a made-up word. The boppiness of it. It's got. It's got a great bop. The yeah. bass is so bouncy. The transitions are are phenomenal in this. Yeah, well, They're they have so these. Tight. They use um, uh, dynamics uh, so oh, good. Like and these little well. uh, pauses. They have these little pauses mm-hmm. and the uh, dynamics. But it's like you know, you listen to this and you think you could play these songs acoustically on acoustic but it would be different they'd still be great and they'd be great songs but this it, it the way it's it has to be with his uh, a guitar doing all this like stuff almost like acrobatic stuff he uses um whammy bar yeah. really well at certain times not overdoes it but just at, at perfect little things and all these little touches that he puts into it you really couldn't do it you, you could play it like acoustically but it would be different it would change it they um frank was telling me they used to play a lot of acoustic shows and uh, Frank, the drummer, also plays guitar. 
and he Josh would show him, you know, all these the, all these things, and they they would play these songs acoustically for at different shows, like at quieter places, right? You know, I don't know whether it was like coffee shops or just basements and stuff, and. I was like, yeah, they're, because they're great songs. You no, can they still, are. They're great. You can still pull them off. And um, and I found, I was like, man, I would have loved to have seen some of those things, you know. But I, I do agree. Like, it's those, it's the um, the chord voicings yeah, that Josh right, uses. Right. It, it extends out the band. It, it makes it sound fuller um, than, you know, a standard bar chord in this, you know. It, it, right, it, or it, just it, someone strumming it. it. Right. You could strum through it. The it chords, rings although, differently. Uh, yeah, and also some of these little chords that he comes in, it's like, yeah. What are those? You know, where do they come from? It's like, they're so good. So I wanted to, one tie-in to South Florida with, uh, with Shirk Circus okay. is their first drummer is Chris Maggio. And Chris Maggio was a drummer down here for, uh, for bands like AC Cobra. He also was in the Heat Seekers. Oh, okay, okay. And he plays in Sleigh Bells. Uh, I think he lives in uh, Louisville, Kentucky now. But he, he spent decades down here. I thought that name looked so familiar. Chris, I saw they had two drummers. Before, so Chris right? is the first drummer for Shark Circus. Ah. And uh, he also played with uh, Scott Reynolds in uh, one of Scott Reynolds' bands, After All, well, played same. Goodbye Harry. Um, you know, very Descendants, you know, kind of Phil Stevenson-style drumming. Right. And um, he is in the video for Summer Sun because he was always still one of Shirk Circus's biggest fans, even oh, after nice. he got kicked out of the band. <laughs> okay. And I played with Chris down here. Uh, I was trying to get a project starting, and he and I, you know, I wasn't prolific. I didn't have enough songs to to keep it going, but we met, and and he, when I mentioned Shirk Circus, he was like blown away because he was like, oh, I didn't know anybody knew you right? know, the band, yeah. you know, and stuff. <laughs> um, like most people react to it, but... But uh, yeah, I wanted to do a little South Florida tie-in because nice. uh, yeah, oh, that's uh, great. Maj is a great drummer, and uh, but yeah, he was a, he's in that in the video here. He's uh, he's pl- I think he plays hi hat and some of the stuff or something oh, that's like that. Great. Frank was telling me. Um, all right, so uh, speaking of uh, these, when I was saying the the dramatic pauses and dynamics, uh, it's definitely apparent in this next one. Let's listen to a little of smile. <laughs> On this one, they do kind of the opposite we were talking about before, because this one, the verses sort of lay back and do yeah. that, and the chorus just slams. Slams. On this it, it's got that, not in this particular order, but that Pixies, you know, loud, quiet, loud. You know, yeah, like yeah, they, the, right. their use of dynamics is so great. That's it. And that's it. The drums, the drums in this, especially in the verses, are are, are so melodic. They're and complement. Um, they're so complimentary. But they're melodic. It's almost like the lead instrument in the verses. 
Under, ah, okay. under You're not just the, saying this because you were talking to Frank. No, no, no. Right? I had this written. I had this written <laughs> okay. well before. But I, I'm 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 impressed. I'm always impressed with it because it's like it's driving the song, but the tones like it's not. It's not a. There's no solo or anything in there, and um, it it just those drums are just so complementary rhythmically to yes, to yeah, what's happening are. on that, and then. Then when they get to that drive, it's just straight up four four, that's like what, blasting it out. You know, that's what really good drummers can do. That yeah. they could just sort yeah. of elevate a song with these uh, go, little go, ghost notes and oh, yeah. things. That's it. It's subtle. It's the the subtle ghost notes make it. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, they're really listening. You know, like they're yeah, listening to yeah, each other. You when they were rehearsing or in writing or you know arranging the songs, they were definitely listening to each other and trying stuff, and and it definitely comes off. Um, at the end of the song, like 30 seconds before the song ends, there's there's a little glitch. And I don't know whether it's performance or whether it was... It, it, it almost sounds like a punch-in, oh, but, okay. it's, but it's not. I, right. think, I think Frank does like a, a, like a double hit by right. accident, and the band hears it, and they pause for a second and come in like, <laughs> a, like a millisecond later, like tight again, you know, like right well, on it. Yeah, yeah. And they're because they're obviously listening to each other so well. But on the on the new mix, it's gone. Oh, they, they fixed they it. They fixed it. Well, now, you can do that now. <laughs> I asked Frank about it, and he didn't know. He didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know. So I'm kind of I'm going to catch up with him later, and I, I want to hear more stories about Shirk Circus and, and Josh and everything. But. The, I could see it's I a mean, great moment captured, right? This whole record's a great moment captured. Oh yeah, yeah, it totally is. Would you, if if you had a glitch, would you fix it thirty years later because you could? Yes. Would you? <laughs> I would. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, I think I would I'm not contemplate that it. About things like I think that. I would contemplate it, but I think I would leave the I would leave the mistake. You're right. No, you're probably right. You probably should leave it in, especially for something like this, because it's so impressive. The thing is, what happened was I listened. I started listening to this. I listened to a couple of times, and then I read about it. And then I read that most of the songs were first takes playing, yeah. and then it almost gave me anxiety listening to it after because I'm thinking like, how could I? How could you fucking do that? It would, I'd yeah. be so like crazy, you know? Like what? What happened? Did you fuck up? Do we have to? do that again yeah know? yeah it, no no i know it's it, it's uh i i think it's it's a brilliant uh, i think the whole record's a great capture of a moment oh, of yeah, a band really like really tight and wanting to do a specific thing and pulling it off right and that song it's also a sweet thing like we were saying you could sell josh he was he's you could tell he was probably the kind of guy that uh, he wouldn't break up with a girl uh, a girl would break up with him and then yeah. he would be upset about it. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like that. There's a theme of like lack of closure going on in this one, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, uh, right. Yeah. For sure. All right, so things uh, slow down a little and uh, and the guitar, like when they slow it down like this and his guitar parts sort of linger and ring out a little, it's it's just like uh, beautiful. And there's a uh, solo. I think I, I may fade out before the solo, but I'll play it because he does just a great nice. solo. Listen to a little of Fine Line.
I'm going to definitely put some of the uh, solo that he does in there. But all right, so the backups, that's Dan and Frank, those guys. This is just these three guys. So that's kind of cool that that these guys can all sing good. (laughs) Yeah, and and, uh, the credit goes to Frank for uh, most of the backgrounds. Really? So, yeah, he was arranging most of those backgrounds, and they recorded those before they recorded the the leads, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Um, um, But, but yeah... uh, all around great musicians, you know. I mean, oh, to so be good. able to so sing good. and play and do that stuff live too, you know, yeah, um, uh, is brilliant. Uh, did um, Did you ever get to see them? You never got to see them. I never got to see them. I, I wanted to go see them at Maxwell's while some, after they got back together for the last record, right? But I was out on tour, and so yeah. I, I I couldn't make it out there. But I love this song. You know, the rhythm section gives like amazingly great space for the vocals and the song to like breathe on. Yeah, yeah, for this. right, exactly, exactly. The, the bass, the bass line, and then the extended drum fills, like going into the choruses, remind me of remind me of Big Star. Kind of, uh, oh, okay. kind of like yeah, the song in sure. uh, like the Ballad of El Gudo. Yes, yes, and you're right, exactly. It's got that like I know you're gonna play like you're gonna play a little bit of the guitar <laughs> solo because that. It's got that '70s kind of feel, that lyrical guitar solo. Yeah, it, yeah, know, yeah. And at the end, at the end, very end of the song, there's a cough at the end. So the song, like it's ringing out, and you can hear somebody coughing, you know, and stuff. And it always reminds me of the Beach Boys' "Wendy" in the middle of the instrumental break for "Wendy." Um, there's a cough in the studio. Oh, really? Okay, and, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just one of those things that's connection, you know, the Beach Boy kind of harmonies, you know, and stuff. But speaking of Wendy, that's one of the Descendants covered. Oh, Wendy. yeah, yeah, that's and right. And that actually chose that for the... For, for our... The, uh, that cover that got cover me got high. Me yeah, high. that's right. And uh, I love I love that cough in there, and there's a cough. And Frank was telling me also, I guess, in the begin- right before... Jimi Hendrix starts singing the first verse in uh, Purple Haze. There's a cough in that, too. Oh, okay, nice. And, uh, so but I love, like, leaving song. those things in, you know, oh, because it's like, I love tape, like tape's that. running. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially something like this, because it's so live-sounding. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so Garden Grey. I think Garden Grey may be the one song where you said maybe there was a little, uh, another guitar. There may be some some overdubbing on this it one. It could have been. I, 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 I don't recall one. which one he said, but yeah, there's a little bit of a guitar. But over. that's the thing in this song. The heavy In some of the songs, the heaviness sometimes masks the melody, all of the melody yeah. going on. But if you listen, just listen to this song, which is a great song, Garden Grey, but imagine like Squeeze doing this and imagine the guys <laughs> in Squeeze sing and listen to it. But it's a great song, uh, Garden Grey. It's just that way I guess You cannot know the rest Look inside me deep down Away to be found And go for eyes Get from the back Everything she can express And when her eyes go out You're all you know the rest I was so young The time I felt this way I could count everyone But the clouds cast across my days And the clouds had to give way in a tearful eyes and smile, I rise And everything I can express And when the lights go out 
So yeah, just the melodies in there. I was thinking if someone like Glenn uh, Tilburg from Squeeze was singing that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would just be different because this one, one thing, I, as I listen to the album more and more, I realize it is produced really well because the songs don't all sound the same. Like right. this one, there's definitely, they, they bring the vocals up front. They're almost uh, distorted. Distorted, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it gives it a, a, a different quality to it for sure. You know, um, you brought up a point earlier, you know, that Josh has this kind of um, uh, delivery that's not, you know, like he's never screaming. He never, right, right. I feel like this one, they were like, hey, we need a little yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Josh is like, <laughs> I'm, I'm singing it. And they decide, maybe, maybe they just turn the gain up. Yeah. To distort right, it to right. make it sound a little bit more angsty yeah um and, and his delivery is a little bit harsher right but you can tell he still wants to sing and and you know he does he's not going outside of himself too much no, no. you know but it's like oh well let's put a little gain on that vocal right like, get a right. little bit of distortion there and, and it changes up i do like that this record has a, um some some different styles uh, you know, and stuff. Um, the yeah. next one, especially the next one, a uh, basement. Yeah. yeah, things get a country, a little country or yeah. country adjacent. I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of basement. just a sweet song about hanging out in the basement or is there more you think going on i think it's uh from from what i briefly got to talk to frank about josh used to live in his basement oh okay okay. and i I think being introverted and spending a lot of time in there and and a lot of these are again autobiographical you know of not getting the girls you know and stuff and you know having a little bit of that i don't know depression you know and stuff like that i don't know whether it's sweet or not uh, right it, right there's, <laughs> there's you know josh definitely has some you know some bitterness some spitefulness along with his sweetness right, right. in there um so i like that it's complex i like that the song sounds simple but it's not very you know it has that alt country which 94 it might have been right around the start of alt country, you right, know, like, right. you know, I think Wilco's first record came out in 94 and right. I, I hadn't even heard Uncle Tupelo at this time. Um, I had to go backtrack after I got into Wilco and, and, and understand uh, that. But this reminds me of an Uncle Tupelo style. I even asked Frank, I was like, so was this like just an organic thing or were you guys taking the piss? Right. And uh, he was like, no, it was organic. You know, like Josh loved uh, Hank. 
Hank Williams. Right. And and I go, it's got it's got that old time kind of. It, it does, but it, it's interesting that they chose to keep the guitar, the gain up, and kind of distorted yeah. because if it, imagine listening to this playing on a really clean uh, Telecaster. Yeah, it would be different. It would oh, be a completely totally different right. Sound. It would be great, and it's great like this too. But yeah. it would just be different. It's the choice they made to do it that way. And I, I um, and Frank was telling me, you know, it was it was Josh's vision that he wanted this record to sound quote unquote punk. Right. Even though they were more uh, like the songs could have been just power pop, straight up pop, you know, right, this could right, have been right. straight up country. Yeah, um, I love that this is a almost palate cleanser for your ear in this, and that this this whole record has different styles. Yeah, and um, to flip back to one of the episodes you had just previously, you know, like, um, and I know we're both huge damn fans, but like strawberries has has a has a whole bunch of different styles oh, of songs yeah, on yeah, it, right? Yeah, right? And and I and I and I like that. And it takes a lot of balls to put that as a record out and have the different styles on oh, it. Oh yeah. You've got to totally just you believe, gotta believe in yourself. In it. Yeah. And you not gotta give believe. a fuck about it. Yeah. Which is that that's how you want I always say that's what how you want your musicians to be, the people you love right. their music. You you know, you want them to, to feel free to do whatever they exactly. want. Exactly. Yeah. It's just got that caring, helping someone in a bad way kind of feel like and I you know, lost time in, in your basement. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Like, you know, maybe you are introverted and you don't want to come out and right. maybe you missed out on some things. I don't know. Yep. You know, but yeah. All right. So that was a good lead in the way you said he wanted it to sound punk. He wanted it because this next one sell out. There's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a, a lot. lot to go on. But yeah. but it's just a great driving song with these verses, these propulsive verses and then the, the chorus. And then it's got this breakdown, like a halftime breakdown bridge. But yeah, we got to definitely discuss what's going on here with this. Let's listen to sell out. So just taking every anything else out, it's a fucking great song. Ugh. Just I fucking love this song. But all right, this is I was thinking, if you were in an alternative band in the nineties trying trying to do something, at some point you had to explore the concept of selling out or being a sellout. Or being called one. Yeah. Why though? Why? Did band, bands didn't up. have to worry about that before that, right? Do you think yeah. bands, did, did they care about that? Like, I don't know, 80s bands and stuff, did they, did they care about it as no. much? No, they right? wanted to make money. 
Yeah. They wanted to support themselves. Yeah, right. You wanted to, so yeah. what what happened? Why did I feel like in the nineties, you know, when you had the when you Nirvana hit, but then they uh, they were on the cover of Rolling Stone saying corporate rock sucks when they're the epitome, they're a corporate right. rock band. I mean, how could you not be when you're selling that many records? So yeah. I I, I do I hear in the in the instrumentation and in the lyrics a super frustration yeah. with with maybe this maybe Josh as a songwriter or the band being called a sellout for maybe making something, let's say that's melodic or pop. Right. Right. And, but you know, fans are very precious with their local celebrity bands, you know, right? Like, like if you're a, if you're a locally popular band and then somehow make it, you know, keep getting maybe a little bit bigger and then you're heard on the radio. Oh, well, I, I, I liked them back when they were punk, you know, right, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever they means. sold out. <laughs> yeah. But you were supporting them when they first started out and they were trying, all they were trying to do, like all we were trying to do is pay our bills, yes, right? right? Pay our bills, making music. Exactly. That was it. And I, I love the delivery in here and there's so many biting things, but uh, on your best day, you couldn't come close. I love there's there's a confidence and a bravado and a very in a in the uh, lyrically here. Yeah. And and there should be because he's a great songwriter. And but he's lash it's like a lash out of frustration toward oh, fans totally. that have said stuff about the band. Uh, yeah. And uh, call uh, this a ripoff, ri- call it whatever you like. Say I'm just waiting for that golden strike. Yeah. Every dollar in the world's gonna prove you wrong and everyone would just sing in our, our song, song, everybody. But it's yeah, it's funny. It's like it's, it's a sellout and you're gonna eat it up. Yeah, right, yeah. You know, like like I, I love it. The, the bass the bass part the bass part's brilliant. You know, like you know I'm a huge all fan. Um, Carl Alvarez, Carl Alvarez, this baseline, like it's a Carl Alvarez baseline, like, but Dan plays it so well, like he plays this so extremely well and it it drives, but yeah, there's a lot to unpack here as far as sell out and, 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 and how you feel about that. And are you, are you a social distortion fan at all? You know what? I, I mean, I like some of their songs and everything, but I don't know. I never got, I know some people really love Social Distortion and I never, I don't know. I, I, I like so many other bands more and they're yeah. just like, oh, okay, they're okay. But I don't know. I never, a, yeah. I never got that heavy into uh, them. I, I, I didn't get that heavy into I, I I've seen them and I've seen Mike Ness, you know, right. stuff and he did very entertaining. But Social Distortion has this amazing street cred, right? Right. right. As an LA, as an L, or Orange County Punk fan, right? right they have right. amazing street cred. Right, right. Now, if you watch the movie, Another State of Mind is about their first tour with another LA kind of hardcore band, something youth or youth or something. And as they're touring, Social Distortion, everyone except for Mike Ness, quits the band on tour. And they quit because they're not making any money. Oh, right. And I always, when kids always yell, like, Green Day's a sellout or whatever, name whatever band is a sellout because right. they started actually being able to pay their bills. Yeah. Um, I always, and but they'll, they'll, they'll latch on to social distortion, you know? And I'm like, well, they all quit on tour because they weren't <laughs> making they money. Had to, but you're they still, didn't want to move right. with their parents. Like, they called their parents. All of them called their parents and had flights back to, you know, back to Southern California. And Mike Ness tried to stay out playing by himself, but right. but it wasn't it wasn't the thing to do back then in the early 80s, right? So he had to eventually quit and then go get new band members, you know, right, and stuff right, and keep right. doing it. Now, I applaud him for keeping doing it, but 
if you're an early social distortion fan and you're still like, dude, they're punk as fuck. Well, they quit because they weren't making money either. You know, yeah, like yeah, there right. is a there is a business side. It's called there's music a business. There's a practicality and a, practical, and right. a, a pragmatism. Yeah. Just, yeah. And I and, and I and I sense the frustration in the lyrics here. And I love it because he is a great songwriter. And right. the band is and great. And everyone should be singing their songs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, the, the reason I'm doing this episode is because I want more people to sing their songs. There you go. And I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. All right. So words to say this one. The I guess the title track words to say you know I kept getting confused because um, the uh, Dag Nasty the first Dag Nasty album can is, I say uh, can I say yeah so I I, I, uh, once in a while I would think this is is this called wait can I say or words to say I want I don't know if oh that any, was a great episode too uh, well thank you oh, but I yeah I don't know if there's any connection but this is a great song and yeah. a great title track words to say. <laughs> guitar-based drum thing. It's very Minuteman-like. It reminds yeah. me a little of the Minuteman. And you know, you, this show's not on video. It's probably a good thing because <laughs> me and Dan are doing that thing that musicians do. They make that squint, squinty, squishy face when they're just like, oh, listen uh, to that. I was doing bass face for sure. <laughs> yeah. Bass face. Yeah. It's so it, good. It, it, it's an unor- unorthodox uh, arrangement too, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like, and it still works. It's that, it's, it's quirky. Um, it's just... It's it's solid, uh, you know. I, I I like the lyrics. They seem like it seems like he's just being self aware about unable to communicate. Yeah, yeah. Can't ever seem to find the, the right words, words to, to say. say. But it's like you know, I, I I'm probably reading too much into it when I say, well, you don't need them though because the music you're speaking with with the musicality. Yeah. The music is so muscular, the playing, and it's so good. It's yeah. it's almost like you're, uh, that's your words. It's definitely you know? an added an added level, right? To I think you know, so. it yeah. Gi- it, yeah, it gives it just this extra oomph um, to to lyrics. And and his his delivery can be understated because the music is just exactly it's so yeah. powerful too you know right right, right. so uh, yeah I very much enjoy that oh, so good all right so this next one we have is called climb inside. <laughs> I'm 
the dynamics in that part when he pulls yeah. back a little and then he, and then he bleeds back in. It's just it's so good. It's so like well done. You they, know, they never seem to get in each other's way. Yeah, so, you right, know, right. Like, yes, because yes. they're listening. They never like they play enough. I, I think. I love the bass parts to all these songs, but he plays enough at times to connect the guitar to the rhythm of the, or whoever's being the busiest, right, you know, right, like, right, right, like right. He plays that great connection and a counter melody and stuff, but they all seem to be doing that with each other, listening that's to, a great, yeah, to the that's different it. parts. They're not getting in each other's way, yeah. but it's just, yeah, it's very, it's like you could really get lost in it too, yeah. uh, listening to it. What's going on? Just those little things he does on the guitar, just these arpeggios that they call yeah, yeah, it yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. he throws in. It's just, uh, yeah. It's and great. like, I, I love the song. The It's one of my favorite songs on the record. And, I love the chase your dream type of theme to it. Right. And that kind of, you know, climb inside, like just get in the van and fucking go. Oh, right? right. You know, right, like right. type feel. Um, we didn't get to the bridge, but that bridge has got almost a little bit of a Latin feel. Oh yeah, that's right. It, it does. That yeah, kicks off and it's under, like, yeah. it, it, it's, it really, it, it really sells the rest of the song. It breaks it up, but when they go back to it, it's just like these, that sweet melody, you know, from the guitar. Yeah. And then my probably my favorite favorite lyrics from this is maybe it's hard to be alone, but it's harder to stray from what you what you've known. So be careful in your bigger pursuit that you just might find. I said you just might find some truth. And and I love that that believing in yourself, like right. get out there. You know, I always wanted to play songs. I always wanted to tour because I wanted to play songs in front of people that weren't my friends. Right, to see, right, to right. see if it held up, <laughs> yeah. to see if the music held up. That's and you know, you'll you'll find the truth, whether you can write a song or not, or whether people will relate to it outside of you know where you grew up. Exactly. But I love the climb inside, chase your dream type theme, and uh, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. And uh, the playing on it. Now, I was going to ask you, so this was 95, so you got this on CD, CD. right? All right, you got CD. Were there lyrics in there? Did it come nope. with It didn't come with it. And you know what? The lyrics are re- impossible to find. You can't, I mean, I couldn't find they're the not, They're not there. They're not, yeah, they're, they're not, not anywhere. Yeah. Frank told me, uh, he wanted, he loved Josh's lyrics, and he wanted them on the record. And Josh, being a little shy, didn't want them, didn't want it out there. Right, and, right, um, yeah. So, so they ended up not being out there, but yeah, like, you know, a lot of them, obviously I've been listening to this record since 95, but you know, so a lot of them stay with me, but there were some pieces I was going back, like, wait a minute, I don't, you know, I don't remember what word he says there. Right. And and I was searching online just like you. Oh, no, yeah, like, I did you know, because I did. Because yeah. he, he sings pretty clear and he enunciates yeah. pretty good. You could hear most of it. Yeah. But yeah, forget it. I went down the rabbit hole and uh, sometimes you just can't do it. You, they're just not out there. Uh, come on. We need some shirt, uh, circus fans. <laughs> Although a lot of times the problem is when they're not officially there, people come up with they'll post oh, wrong my God. and they're just yeah. totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, you know what? I, I didn't ask, but maybe on their re-release of it, um, you know, now. Uh, maybe they'll release, you know, the lyrics and stuff because that would be they nice. have it. That, that may be a cool uh, additive. Cool. All right. So uh, this next one, I love. I love how there's 13 songs in this uh, thing, but the whole thing is under it's like around 35 minutes or yeah, so. Yeah. Like really quick, yeah. goes by really great. And uh, there's not a clunker on the yeah. on the album. I agree with that. Let's listen to Save My Day.
this one like a com- completely a different vibe than a lot of the other stuff going on, right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's almost like REM-ish and uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, completely different vibe. Yeah, uh, so has that REM kind of feel? Um, it, in the beginning, when it first kicks in, it, it reminds me of like a Husker Du kicking off a chord, like yeah, very well, loud, like that. Yeah, I was thinking like, like a, uh, yeah. a a Grand Heart Husker yeah, Du yeah. song. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and uh, it's such a it sounds like such a cry for help, right? Like, please hurry, save my day. Right. You know, uh, Frank told me that this is like a true story. There were helicopters flying overhead at six in the morning and that Josh was drinking bourbon and wine, you know, and stuff like that. So it was, it's pretty (laughs) autobiographical apparently. Yeah. But I also love the, um, the, that, that dissonant, um, guitar note that, uh, repeats during the chorus when he says, save my day. Like, there's something about that like one note lead that just sells it, it sells the dissonance and, and yes, still yeah, yeah, it right, causes right. that I don't know the anxiety you know and stuff uh, of the plea that like it it comes across me I'm always like I, I want to go help I, I want to go help you know nah. and uh, <laughs> um, because it sounds like a cry to help to me but right, uh, but I does. love the song it's uh, it's just it's great yeah great uh, delivery all right so Younger Than Your Years kind of speaks uh, for itself, the title of it. Uh, let's listen to it. Uh, the penultimate song, Younger Than Your Years. You're too much in love. You're not too much out. You're not on secrets. You scream and shout out. So you want to hear me? Well, you don't know what that means. You're younger than your years. Like me, you don't know a thing. You just observe and absorb all the clouds you gave to little wars. You deserve what you get, being good or bad. But you just don't know yet. When you're darker than your days, flitting through your summer haze, innocently unaware of your insulin ways. They just pack so in these little two-minute songs. They pack so much little uh, musical like yeah. goodness in there, you know. And I love that uh, you know at the end he does that verse that's like super quiet. It's just like the bass is driving the whole yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, it, and you're like because these other verses are so you know like and he's playing it. But yeah, there's these the transitions between you know they're just they fit the songs they set up the lyrics again and you and you still get to feel the the punch when it kicks in oh yeah even though you know it's coming like they're just setting it up so well with these transitions and these fills into it and right. and it you know I'm over here air drumming and you know like because I just like I like how the fe- how it feels you know yeah, the rhythm of yeah. it going into it. But it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy that how some things just kind of fall through the cracks, I guess, or something. Because I know, right. I know so many people that I know would love this album, and it's like, I guess, like me, I've never heard it. And how yeah. Are you gonna, how would you have heard it? That's why they were like when you hit them up on uh, on MySpace. Like, what yeah. do you mean? What do you? <laughs> why did you like our band? How do you know about our yeah, band? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's great. All right, so the final song uh, is "Too True." Really nice album closer. Uh, it's yeah, it's just like like I said, it's a really short record, and when it's over, I just kept going back and listening to it again. <laughs> but uh, it's a great last song, "Too True." <laughs> 
On this song, I don't know if it's just because it's the last song, but I feel like they finally loosen up just a little bit on this song. Yeah. Like it's all just sort of loosen up. Maybe they, I don't know if they recorded them in the order that it was going to be, but this kind of feels like they're kind of really, oh, okay, we're almost done with this. We got it through, and they, I, I just feel like a little looseness in the plane, which I, is I, great. And I love that it's so goodbye is the refrain that they say oh, right, it's the right, last yeah. song you know yeah, so yeah. it's got so and those harmonies for so goodbye as yeah they're and, great oh, it's just so on point so that's frankie thing i i know he yeah, it's frank and dan singing right and okay. it's probably all three of them singing for those but frank um he he's he said the other guys would even vouch that he like <laughs> that he's probably responsible for doing uh for arranging the backgrounds okay. you know and stuff props to the drummer got yeah it. props to drummers when they when they get it yeah and um I love that it feels like bearing your soul, you know, like too true, oh, like yeah, speaking yeah, the truth definitely. and stuff. And that opening riff reminds me of something like that. Like that tone reminds me of something. And I, I think it's probably 60s, maybe early 70s. I can't pinpoint the song. But that tone kind of reminds me of like a CCR type of. It's know, got a sixties uh, sound right. to it, yeah, for sure. And it's just like tone, tone wise, and maybe the riff too. Um, but the way it leads off, and I, I, I can't find the song. I can't. I, I, oh, I know okay. it. I know it's associated. Well, maybe I'm, I'll find it. And I'll oh, play yeah. It, but um, but I love the feeling, the conflicted feeling of the whole thing, um, and uh, it's got. You know, it's got that big guitar, like super loud, um, almost kind of washed out dinosaur yeah, junior, it, like exactly, driving. Exactly. Yep. And uh, but yeah, I love. It's a different style song. Like I, I think you know, there's they all connect really well. But there's there's some different styles on here. Like you said, it's only you know thirty plus minutes, and you want to go back and listen to them again. You do, and and, and like I said, I can't recommend enough. The next album they did, March, oh, is, yeah, yeah. is great. It's just I was listening. Like, oh shit! Now I got to listen to this record too. It's so good. <laughs> and then the like the next track, like the untitled one, is like. The, I love it because like it's, the disgusting spit in a microphone. Like, but that's type of what thing. you're talking about because it's real, real. Because yeah. you know that was going on right then in the oh, studio, yeah. and I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. That's you know, little, uh, and and if you're, you know, if if you've done one gang vocals or you've played on, you know, backline gear and back, especially backline mics and stuff, you know they're disgusting. Oh my god, the mics, they're, yeah, the they're worst foul. smelling things in they're the world. <laughs> so uh, I love, I love that, I love that in there. But <laughs> that's great. You know, what's not to love? You know, great melody, amazing harmonies, the the guitar playing, the intricate voicings, the great washed out tones, the drums are melodic and just complimentary. And yeah. the bass is just super bouncy. It just, the thing is, it just, it sounds like so many other things we love, but that also just stands, sounds like them. It's but definitely it's, got their but it's own them. Yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. Them. Yeah. I, I, I do, when I do play for, you know, whenever I'm on drives and stuff like that, or especially when I was touring, you know, uh, they were always in constant rotation and the other guys would just be like, who is this? They're right. Never, you yeah. know, they've never heard of it. I was like, it's the best band you never heard of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. Well, that was well, great. I, you know, I, I had a feeling it wouldn't, uh, Dan's not going to bring me garbage. <laughs> but I, I did love that when you, when we set up this for episode and I picked the song, you thought I was pranking you. 
Oh, well, that you had, sure. you, yeah, 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 that's right. You yeah, were like, you were like, I had to go look up and make sure you weren't pranking me. Yeah, that, that it was, was a real, real thing. It was a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I like that's that. True, I, like I did that. that. <laughs> Before you finish, I just I got to give a shout out to Frank. Thank you so much for taking the time, and Dan, who emailed me back. Um, uh, Dan uh, Dan lost his dog, so he couldn't talk to me. He was, he was having a bad time. Oh, uh, so condolences on that. But thanks to Frank for uh, really spilling some stories and uh, and um, about Josh and Shirk with me prior to this. Uh, I definitely treasure that, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't think I mentioned it, but uh, Bar None Records was the original yeah, that yeah. put it out. They were yeah. on a Bar None, which is there's a lot of stuff going on with this show and uh, a Bar None with some previous and some nice. future guests coming on. Uh, all right, so Dan, so the big uh, the big story right now is the light workers. It's going to see the light of day. It <laughs> is. It's actually going to see the light. So hopefully, um, hopefully we'll have the first single. Uh, they want to release a single, uh, two singles, and then um, so the first single hopefully will be out in March, and then the second single in April, along with a record, and then we're going in and recording. Um, a follow-up record. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, look at that. So, okay. yeah, we already have it, and uh, that's probably why Keith's mad because we haven't recorded the new <laughs> stuff. Um, um, it seems like he gets mad. Though. He, he can be, but uh, <laughs> God, I love him. He's he's one of he's, he's one of my favorite people on the planet. But yeah, um, so we're excited about doing that. Um, I while we were here, I got a photo from uh, the enablers are rehearsing without me because uh, um, because I'm here. Oh, but, uh, really? But uh, yeah, so hopefully we'll be doing um, doing something with that. Talk too. about but the light workers is like unsung, the big thing. Talk about unsung bands. I yeah. mean, the enablers oh, is uh, yeah, one of those. Right? Talk about playing. I love playing for songwriters. Rob Coe is a hell of a songwriter. Yep, yep, true story. But you could look all you could look all that stuff up. Just uh, all you got to do is Google Dan Bonebreak, and you'll literally <laughs> come up with like five hundred bands that he's played with projects. But they're all good. It's all good, good shit. Uh, don't forget you could follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high. On Twitter, I don't know. I'm, I mean, you know, Twitter's been acting weird. And I'm thinking, why am I? Why? Why are we still on Twitter? But it's at at TRGMH podcast if you want to get into the cesspool that is Twitter these days. That's fine. You can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com. And most important, if you want to become a patron of the show, like Dan is, that's how Dan knew when he said he looked up because I put little sneak previews of what's coming up on the records and some people actually read it. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh, become a patron of the show. Uh, we do these special patron curated episodes that are awesome, right? They're, They're fun. the most fun. Like, that's just just donating a couple dollars just so you can join in just on those episodes into it. Yeah. Are, are by far worth it. Good. All right. Awesome. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm uh, thrilled for all my patrons. You guys are the best. Guys and gals are the best. Once again, Dan, it's great having you. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. I'm Rob Elba. This is That Record Got Me High. We'll see you on next week.